0: I'm using the laptop and we'll go back to the Earl of Rochester. If you remember your Marlowe and his play Tamerlane, just was the emperor that he enslaved and, and put in a cage who banged his head against the bars until he knocked his brains out. Elf. Epithelia to Bazajat. How far are they deceived to hope in vain, a lasting lease of joys from love to obtain. All the dear sweets we promise or expect after enjoyment turns to cold neglect. Could love a constant happiness have known the mighty wonder had in me been shown. Our passions were so favored by fate as if she meant him in eternal date. So kind he looked, such tender words he spoke, t'was past belief such vows should e'er be broke. Fixed on my eyes, how often would he say, he could with pleasure gaze in age away. When thoughts too great for words had made him mute, In kisses he would tell my hand his sweet. So fierce his passion was, so far above, the common gallantries that pass for love. At worst I thought if he unkind should prove his ebbing passion would be kinder far than the first transports of all others are. Nor was my love weaker or less than his. In him I centered all my hopes of bliss. For him my duty to my friends forgot. For him I lost alas, what lost I not. Fame, all the valuable things of life to meet his love by less name than wife. How happy was I then, how dearly blessed when this great man lay panting on my breast, (sighs) looking such things as ne'er can be expressed. Thousand fresh looks he gave me every hour, whilst greedily I did his looks devour, till quite o'ercome with charms, I trembling lay at every look he gave, melted away. I was so happily I was so highly happy in his love, methoughts I pitied them that dwelt above. Think then, thou greatest, loyal, loveliest, falsest man. How you have vowed, how I have loved, and then, my faithless dear, be cruel if you can. How I have loved, I cannot, need not tell. No, every act is shown, I love too well. Since first I saw you, I ne'er had a thought. It was not entirely yours, to you I brought, my virgin innocence and freely made, my love and offering to your noble bed. Since when, ye have been the star by which I steered, and nothing else but you I loved or feared. Your smiles I only live by, and I must, whene'er you frown, be shattered into dust. Oh, can the coldness that you shew me now suit with the generous heat you once did shew? I cannot live on pity or respect, A thought so mean would my whole frame infect. Less than your love I scorn, sir, to expect. Let me not live in dull indifferency, but give me rage enough to make me die. For if from you I needs must meet my fate, before your pity I would choose your hate. And this is uh, the answer of Bazajat, who was a satirical name for John Sheffield, the third Earl of Mulgrave, and later the first Duke of Buckingham. These are imitations of verse letters of Ovid's Herodes. A very heroical epistle. In answer to Ophelia Madam, if you're deceived, it is not by my cheat, for all disguises are below the greet. What man or woman upon earth can say I ever used him well above a day? How is it then that I in constant am? He changes not who always is the same. In my dear self I center everything. My servants, friends, my mistress, and my king. Nay, heaven and earth to that one point I bring. Well-mannered, honest, generous, and stout. Names by dull fools to plague mankind found out. Should I regard, I must myself constrain. And tis my maxim to avoid all pain. You fondly look for what none e'er could find. Deceive yourself, and then call me unkind. And by false reasons would my falsehood prove, for tis as natural to change as love. You may as justly at the sun repine, because alike it does not always shine. No glorious thing was ever made to stay, my blazing star but visits in a way. As fatal too it shines as those in the skies, is never seen, but some great lady dies." That's orgasm. <clears throat> the boasted favor you so precious hold. To me is no more than changing of my gold. Whate'er you gave, I paid you back in bliss. And where is the obligation, pray, of this? If heretofore you found grace in my eyes, be thankful for it and let that suffice. But women, beggar-like, still haunt the door. They've received a charity before. O happy Sultan, whom we barbarous call, how much refined art thou above us all, who envies not the joys of thy serail? Thee, like some god, the trembling crowd adore. Each man's thy slave, and womankind thy whore. Methinks I see thee underneath the shade of golden canopies supinely laid, thy crouching slaves all silent as the night, but at thy nod all active as the light, secure in solid sloth, though there dost reign, and feelest the joys of love without the pain. Each female courts thee with a wishing eye, while thou with awful pride walk'st careless by, till thy kind pledge at last marks out the dame, thou fanciest most to quench thy present flame. And from thy bed submissive she retires, and thankful for the grace no more requires, no loud reproach, nor fond unwelcome sound, of women's tongues thy sacred ear dares wound. If any do a nimble mute straight ties the true love, not and stops her foolish cries. Thou no fearest no injured kinsman's threatening blade, nor midnight ambushes by rivals laid. will here with aching hearts our joys we taste, disturbed by swords like Damocles, his feast. Lord Rochester, upon hearing the singing in a country church, Sternhold and Hopkins had such qualms when they translated David's Psalms to make the heart full glad. Had the good king sate on his throne in state and heard thee sing and them translate, by God twould have made him mad. Now we'll visit uh, Keats and some of his lesser known works. The Poet, from 1816. At morn, at noon, at eve, in middle night, he passes forth into the charmed air with talisman to call up spirits rare from plant, cave, rock, and fountain. To his sight, the hush of natural objects opens quite to the core and every secret essence there reveals the elements of good and fair making him see where learning hath no light. Sometimes above the gross and palpable things of this diurnal ball his spirit flies on awful wing, and with its destined skies holds premature and mystic communings till such unearthly intercourses shed a visible halo round his mortal head. That's from 1816. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, these are the ones I was looking for. On receiving a laurel crown from Leigh Hunt, minutes are flying swiftly, and as yet nothing unearthly has enticed my brain into a Delphic labyrinth. I would fain catch an immortal thought to pay the debt I owe to the kind poet who has set upon my ambitious head a glorious gain. Two bending laurel sprigs, tis nearly pain to be conscious of such a coronet. Still time is fleeting and no dream arises, gorgeous as I would have it. Only I see a trampling down of what the world most prizes, turbans and crowns and blank regality. And then I run into most wild surmises of all the many glories that may be. To the ladies who saw me crowned, what is there in the universal earth more lovely than a wreath from the bay tree? Happily a halo round the moon, a glee circling from three sweet pairs of lips in mirth. And haply you will say the dewy birth of morning roses, Ripplings tenderly spread by the halcyon's breast upon the sea. But these comparisons are nothing worth. Then is there nothing in the world so fair? The silvery tears of April, youth of May, or June that breathes out life for butterflies. No, none of these can from my favorite bear away the palm. It shall ever pay due reverence to your most sovereign eyes. Hymn to Apollo God of the golden bow and of the golden lyre and of the golden hair and of the golden fire cheerio of the patient ear where where slept thine ire when like a blank idiot I put on my thy wreath thy laurel thy glory the light of thy story Or was I a worm, too low crawling for death, O Delphic Apollo? The thunderer grasped and grasped, the thunderer frowned and frowned. The eagle's feathery mane, for wrath became stiffened. The sound of breeding thunder went drowsily under, muttering to be unbound. Oh, why didst thou pity and beg for a worm? Why touch thy soft lute till the thunder was mute? Why was I not crushed such a pitiful germ, O Delphic Apollo? The Pleiades were up watching the silent air. The seeds and roots in earth were swelling for summer fair. The ocean, its neighbor, was at his old labor. When who? Who did dare to tie, like a madman, thy plant round his brow? and grin and look proudly and blaspheme so loudly and live for that honor to stoop to thee now, O Delphic Apollo. Keen fitful gusts are whispering here and there. Keen fitful gusts are whispering here and there among the bushes half leafless and dry. The stars look very cold about the sky and I have many miles on foot to fare. Yet feel I little of the cool bleak air, or of the dead leaves rustling drearily, or of those silver lamps that burn on high, or of the distance from home's present lair. For I am brimful of the friendliness that in a little college I have found, that in a little cottage I have found, a fair-haired Milton's eloquent distress and all his love, her gentle had drowned, of lovely Laura in her light green dress, and faithful Petrarch gloriously crowned. On leaving some friends at an early hour, give me a golden pen and let me lean. On heaped-up flowers in regions clear and far, bring me a tablet whiter than a star, or hand of hymning angel when tis seen the silver strings of heavenly harp between, and let there glide by many a pearly car, pink robes and wavy hair and diamond jar, and half-discovered wings and glances keen, the while let music wander round my ears, and as it reaches each delicious ending, let me write down a line of glorious tone, and full of many wonders of the spheres, For what a height my spirit is contending, tis not content so soon to be alone. Give me wine, women, and snuff. Give me wine, women, and snuff until I cry out, Hold enough! You may do so sans objection till the day of resurrection. For bless my beard, the A shall be my beloved Trinity. lines from the next year 1817 unfelt, unheard, unseen I've left my little queen her languid arms in silver slumber lying Ah, through their nestling touch who, who could tell how much there is for madness cruel or complying those fairy lids how sleek those lips, how moist they speak, in ripest quiet shadows of sweet sounds into my fancy's ear, melting a burden dear, how love doth know no fullness nor no bounds. True tender monitors, I bend unto your laws. The sweetest day for dalliance was born, so without more ado, I'll feel my heaven in you for all the blushing of the hasty morn." In a drear night of December, in a drear night of December to happy, happy tree, thy branches ne'er remember their green felicity, the north cannot undo them with a sleety whistle through them, nor frozen thawings glue them from budding at the prime. In a drear night of December to happy, happy brook, thy bubblings ne'er remember Apollo's summer look, but with a sweet forgetting, they stay there crystal fretting, never, never petting about the frozen time. Ah, would t'were so with many, a gentle girl and boy. But were there ever any, writhe not at passive joy. The feel of naught to feel it, when there is none to heal it, nor numbed sense to steal it, was never said in rhyme. Thank you.